Hi, it's Mickey Dolenz here. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Criterion Collection DVD copy of Fiddler on the Roof with DVD commentary by Norman Mailer uh, with an additional sermon by Rabbi uh, but you are out of the club. Uh, well, at least one quarter of you is here. He's not even in the room, is he? No. Maybe one quarter of his soul. <laughs> Uh, I am a full-fledged Jew, so looking at this tree right now, it's kind of the moment in Hellboy when he kind of actualizes and the horns grow out and he realizes he's Satan. And basically what's coming out from the tree. Anytime, any, uh, anytime a Jew enters a uh, Christmas tree area, it's basically, it's, it's basically a vampire and garlic and all that stuff, so just bear that in mind. And next time you're throwing a holiday party and you invite uh, Rabbi Shoemaker or someone of that nature into your home. So, um, there's no joke there. Everyone good? Let's uh, heat the room up a little. Ow! 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 What the hell? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I do this motion. I don't have to poop on stage, but I could <laughs> for a laugh at this point in this fucking goddamn cemetery of a fucking comedy club. <laughs> you want me to take a fucking shit up here? I will, folks. Put a fucking $5 bill right there so I can get my money back and I'll fucking dump all over this goddamn stage right in front of the Christmas tree and all that it represents. Thank you. <laughs> Satan, 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 Satan Claus. There, I'm an offensive comic. Hey, I'm edgy. <laughs> Check me out. I'm an edgy, edgy comic. You're gonna poop on the stage. Yeah, edgy, edgy, edgy. Just took a laxative too. Uh, I like dancing. I can dance for you a little bit. Here we go. Corey Hargis wants for you. I guess I was too needy in my last relationship. I wanted anal too soon from my mixed race girlfriend. She thought it was impressive that I wanted to go out to be a rabbi, but I wasn't going to do it because I can't afford Hebrew school. She found it seductive that the Big Lebowski comes in, and it's really good, and she loves it. So she gave me a great hand job without oil. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's my fossy feathers move. Yeah. Try to work that one out. <sighs> I got it at the rewards program for Target. They're giving out lots of stuff this year. Hey, everyone, good. Hey, crowd work. How are you? Great, great. <laughs> I see Zio. Yes. I Zio. Zio, I love Zio. She's wonderful. Adorable. Crowd work! Cory Hogger, you know what's funny when Cory Hogger goes into an asthmatic fit right uh, right there in front of you. Table 40! Two gas X on table 40, please. Cory Hogger, Cory Hogger, ladies and gentlemen. Do I have any material at all that I want to work on? I'm listening. Oh, uh, this is my yacht rock joke. I'm finally at the age where I can listen to Lionel Richie unironically. Thank you. All night long. All night long. This music really speaks to me. I don't know what it is. My, my joints are stiff. My, my arthritic hip really appreciates this Lionel Richie song, finally. I don't know what it is. Two Arnold Palmer's all around. Am I right? <laughs> Uh, we are lucky. We got uh, the keyboards for Yali Crew in the house. Kirk, Mr. Stony Shores over there. Talk to him about Yali Crew. Yeah, that's no applause. <laughs> you got to earn your chops in here, Kurt, just like anything else. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, I'm on Weight Watchers, and uh, that sucks. You guys are talking about weight and whatever, and being on Weight Watchers sucks, and uh, it's hell, and you got to count points and all that, and it's fucking hell trying to count points in a Chinese restaurant that's run by a ma and pa type of family. You know, that's terrible, because they don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, my, my neighbors own a Chinese restaurant. They're wonderful people, but I go in there, I'm like, hey, I, I'm on Weight Watchers. How, much, how many points are in an egg roll? You leave your book up! 
You ain't got no doubt. So it kind of turns into the deer hunter scene when the Russian roulette and everything. You ain't got no doubt. I don't know. I was still working on that one. Uh, they're very good people, though. They're very decent people. They're not very nurturing. That's what I learned. They just, you know. Th th that was them telling me to suck it up. Okay, thank you. You have full carte blanche. There we go. Boy, thank you. Uh, so you just heard Craig Spivak, one of our favorite returning champions here to Inspirato Projecto, yeah. who we hang out with a lot yeah. at um, Sunland Sun Space and all, all kinds of places, K-Chung uh, Studio. Yeah. So you just heard him at the Haha uh, -ha Cafe open mic. And so we're here with Craig right now. And this is, this is something I want to ask you, Craig, and I asked you the other night, but we just didn't get this um, recorded. Is, uh, in the movie Swingers... So in the movie Swingers, we hear John Favreau's character talk about, you know, he's a stand-up comedian, and the whole reason why he came out here to California is that, in his words, he thought that comedians were being given out, you know, sitcoms like Candy. He mentions the Ha Ha Club, I think. Do you think that is in reference to this it place in the I, movie? I never thought of that. Um, this facility in its earlier incarnation was in existence in North Hollywood. So it's a possibility that he, I'm sure he knew, I'm sure it was in the ether that he knew it was uh, in existence. Let me get him on the phone and, uh, yeah. Is yeah, this place I, I a legendary place? I mean, is it, it, is. Is it something it is. that's been around a while? Yeah, I think it is. I, we've talked about that. I, because of its location and because of its longevity, it is definitely on the map and in reference and in, in the ether the, the way uh, the comedy story is and the improv and Laugh Factory. Those are the big three. And I believe that Ha Ha is probably the fourth. And then you got a Flappers and an Ice House, you know, kind of bringing up the pack. Um, yeah, I think he was making reference to the Ha Ha Comedy Cafe. Um, either way, it was a funny reference. I know exactly the scene that you're talking about. It's He was basically just going after himself and saying this is all I've got to show for it and I'm, I'm the open mic king at the ha ha hole or whatever he says and it's it's a true line whether or not he was suggesting this place in actuality or not it's the line rings true because it's it is in essence the last bastion or the you know it's every every any actor who's coming out here it's their worst fear you know I'll, I'll, I've been here five, ten years or whatever, and all I've got to show for it is I'm the an open micer at right. uh, at the ha ha hole or whatever the chuckle hut or whatever it is. It's a great line. And it's, the chuckle it's, hut. The chuckle. Yeah, there's always this. <laughs> hey, welcome yeah. to the funny chuck. You know the funny huck. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was at a show. Uh, uh, rooster pe rooster teeth feathers. Have you ever been there? It's no, in. Uh, that's the name of a venue. It's in San Jose. It's actually a great club, but it's, and I saw Bobby Slayton there, and we helped. I was on a film crew. We, we shot the show, and so we were there all day. And <laughs> they're like, "You got to pull up to Rooster Tea Feathers." I'm like, "Is this? Are you kidding or what?" <laughs> nope, not kidding. You know, and it's a real place, and it's a, it was a great room. I have to admit, it was a fucking amazing room. Slate, Bobby Slayton was an amazing comic in that room. So there's all sorts of zany stuff. There, there is that side to comedy where it's like there's that elevation of the, the comic side to it. You know, mm. so the name is. Even the name Ha Ha Comedy Cafe is, is funny. It's, you can't help but not take it seriously. But, and I think people kind of trivialize that. And I th think that that lends itself to the funny and the comedy of it. Because, ah. you know what I mean? It, it right. trivializes it to a certain point. So thus it demerits what they're actually doing. So the name of itself really kind of uh, trivializes the the talent that is actually being explored in whatever venue uh, that makes sense what an interesting psychological look there, there into the, just the name yeah, itself there's that side to comedy so, so in a sense it becomes sort of a accidentally a parody of itself so to parody speak of itself and the butt of its own joke mm -hmm. and, and the thing that I've here, here, the best example you're a musician you're a qualified musician here's the best example I can give to you on your own terms I, I played music for a lot of years as a percussionist drummer all that one of the guys I played with was Rick Parnell. And Rick Parnell is Mick Shrimpton from Spinal Tap. Oh! Yeah. And I played with him at the kibitz room multiple times. And they would pay us by feeding us. So I would sit and have a meal with him afterwards. And 
like the first or second time I jammed with him, he was like, you're a great drum, you're a great drummer, you're a great percussionist, I love playing with you, he's fantastic, Greg, you know, like, it's my pleasure, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what have you done? I, I, have, you know, have I seen you in, in other groups? What are you doing? He's like, I was in a band called Spinal Tap. You know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, I know who this guy is. This is fucking, I'm eating with Mick Shrimpton. I oh jammed God. with Mick Shrimpton. I didn't even realize oh my it. God. I'm like, what was it like jamming with Spinal Tap? Because to me, Spinal Tap is the greatest. They're one of the greats. And he was just like, you know what? It was a great time, but the bus driver got paid better than I did. You know what I mean? And his whole career, and this is his words, I'm inclined to agree, but his words were... Um, it, they didn't take him seriously. Mm. You know, he was in Spinal Tap. He was an amazing drummer for Spinal Tap. He was an amazing drummer before Spinal Tap. His father was the uh, big band orchestra leader, the Parnell, I forget his father's name, Parnell, it was the Parnell Orchestra. Rick was a prodigy. He was in a group called Atomic Rooster, which was huge. You know, did a lot of drugs. He was the only authentic musician in Spinal Tap to actually be in that band. And he played accordingly. After Spinal Tap broke up, he couldn't get work. People thought he was a joke drummer. People didn't oh, think he I was a real mean. musician. And it's like I his, see whole, what you mean. his whole career suffered. And you could see it when, I, when we would hang out. His self-esteem was just completely out in the toilet. Just for whatever reason. He had not made the money that he deserved. He had not had the fame that he deserved. He had not done anything. But what he could do was play better. And this is no shit. He's one of the greatest fucking drummers to ever live. He was phenomenal what he could do, especially in jazz and in rock. Mm. Unbelievable. I, I used to record him just playing because he did a, He had a jazz combo that I was trying to break into, but I didn't get in. And I would record them, and I'd, I'd play impact tapes. I'd be like, listen to what you did there, man. Jesus Christ. He's like, I don't know. It just comes to me, you know incredible incredible musician but because he was associated with comic rock satire rock weird al yankovic dr demento rock uh, dr demento parody music his whole career just went in the toilet you know what i mean there is a lot of that stigma there is that fear of cross-pollination between comedy and music because of that Wow, and you know what I mean. And you've seen that. I've seen that firsthand, and it, it's it's a little scary. But I'm for me, it's like fuck it. I don't, what do I care? You know, I would rather be doing stuff that I want to do. If I want to be doing joke songs, which I can do up there, if I want to go that route, I will. I don't care. Zappa did it, and I think he did it better than anyone. So there's that to contend with. So that's why in movies like Swingers, when they say they bring up that 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 moment of oh, all I am is. The, the guy who runs the open mic at the hall. Oh, right. It's sort of tapping into that collective unconscious of, oh, yeah, you're reeking with failure. Oh. Because of comedy. Oh. You know what I mean? Right. That comedy, right. that sort of comedy collective unconscious uh, filters in and peppers everything around it. So if you're a comic and you're a great musician, you're, you, you, it's an uphill battle. Or if you're a, a musician trying to be a comic, it's an uphill battle as well. Mm. You know, every, what the, the, the stories that I heard is every uh, lead singer is a, dying to be a comic, and every comic is dying to be a lead singer. Interesting. There's that, yeah, there's that. But you should interview Cliff next. Interesting. You should interview Cliff next because he's a brilliant songwriter, brilliant musician, but he's a great comic. And... You know, he's, he can do both, and he can kind of keep those streams separate. He's probably the best at it. His music is sensational, and it's taken seriously. His comic, comedy's great, and he's taken seriously as a comic. So he's one of the few. Oh, we gonna, that's such a funny thing to hear those two words in the, same fr- in the same sentence, seriously as a comic. That is such a funny thing to hear. Yeah. Um, he needs to be taken. We all want to be taken seriously as comics. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that a crazy irony that a comic has to deal with take me seriously but laugh yeah it's, it, that, that's where those lines get muddied because you want your audience as a comic like, I want my take seriously does that mean kind of like pay attention to like like when I think of take serious like you gotta stop what you're doing and, and watch this pay attention to this right now I think so I think it's like it's the equivalent I see it a lot in here it's the equivalent of when a teacher uh, has an important lesson plan that he's trying to get through and he can't get the attention of it. He can't get his students to calm down. Ah. You know what I mean? It's the same concept. 
every comic I've ever seen worth their salt at some point is like, goddamn audience wouldn't shut up. Like goddamn respect, audience. I suppose. Yeah. Goddamn audience wouldn't respect. I couldn't get couldn't get a hold of the audience. Every every comic's biggest fear is mine. I can't get it's it, the crowd is so unyielding and unworth disrespectful because in their eye, oh, it's a comic. Fuck him. We don't have respect for him. Because he's, he's zany, he's a clown. He's, mm. So you want that baseline of respect so that they take you seriously enough so that they're quiet. So take your you, zaniness seriously. Right. So that, take your zaniness seriously it. enough so that they're quiet and they listen and then they laugh, which is the desired effect. I, I, I'm fascinated by that irony. You know what I mean? It's like... It is quite irony. You know what I mean? Because you kind of, as a comic, when I'm on... Just now, when I did that set, it's like... All right, I have to do some. I, I'm not going to do material because no one's listening. It's 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 this is this is fucking Darwin's waiting room here, man. This is but a it's fun because you get a cemetery to, and it doesn't know it. You, you know what you, I mean? You get to entertain yourself up there, which is so funny yeah. to walk in a room and for a bunch of people who do funny stuff to feel sort of like this dismal, this like this like that sort of dismality. Oh, it was horribly apathetic and blah. That's why I'm glad you made it because it's like. That's it, the honesty that I want to portray. Well, like this is supposed to be a playground, though. Like this, this it ought is, to be though. the most it, it exciting. Is. Like, right. like, oh my god, we get to do this again. Like, yay! I'm imagining that. <laughs> yay! That's exactly it, though. It's like, oh yay! I get to step into that. Yeah. You know. So. Well, listen, I gotta bust out of here. I have to go to Philly Oceans. That's it. Uh, Christmas party now. Ocean. Well, give my best to Mr. Ocean. Big fan. Where Big can fan people find you? Where can people find C. you? C. Spivik on Instagram. That's where I'm at. That's all it is. S-P-I-V-E-K. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the Craigcast on Anchor. We're fellow Anchor uh, podcasters. That's right. Tune in, folks. Tune in. Hello, Kurt. How are you? I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, a great Thanksgiving weekend. I heard you had a Thanksgiving Eve show. That sounds amazing. And uh, I don't know. I was just laughing. <laughs> I was thinking about you lately. I just republished, I guess, the the anchor interview that we did at the podcast explosion in October. Tanique is trying really hard to get people to the December 14th date. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, but... I was laughing. That was fun when you and Amber Smiles Jones and I were talking at the uh, at the podcast explosion. So I hope you're having fun out there interviewing people at crazy places like you do. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, it's Maria. Did I say that? Maria from Strong Body, Strong Soul. That's right. <laughs> Bye. Maria, thank you so much for that wonderful Thanksgiving message. Um, I know the time at which I put this up onto the podcast is not anywhere near the time in which you sent it, as is such uh, and uh, common with this podcast. It's very time travely, very time travely, weebly wobbly, timey wimey type stuff. Thank you so much for that Thanksgiving wish. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I had such a, such a great time with you and uh, Smiles, Amber Smiles, at the podcast explosion. It was correct. It was. It was a lot of. Was she recording too? I can't remember. Or was it just you and I? But I thought it was really cool. This simulcast type of idea. So if anyone goes to uh, actually anyone who's listening right now, if you go to check out Strong Body Strong Soul podcast which Maria Humphreys is a part of. Check out Strong Body, Strong Soul podcast. And then... Um, you, you, can, you can hear her aspect uh, from her perspective of the same interview. And then if you go on to my podcast, you can hear... Uh, I think I titled the podcast episode LAX... Uh, LA Podcast Explosion or something. But you'll hear, you'll hear my interview in there too so uh, I hope all of you who are listening had a, an extraordinary Thanksgiving I'm always curious to hear what people eat for Thanksgiving I went to my Jenny uh, my sister Jenny's friend's house and they had enchiladas that was delicious I have to admit and it was the first time I ever had enchiladas for Thanksgiving 
That was quite a surprise. And the whole time we were watching Christmas movies. I've never seen the movie Christmas Claus with Tim Allen. However, there it was. There it was on that night. Uh, what was the other one that we watched? Home Alone. I guess that takes place on Christmas. Yeah, I guess it takes place place at Christmas. So, anyway. uh, Take care. Oh, and also, folks, if you want to hear my original Thanksgiving song, it's called I Am Thankful. I believe that's in the last episode, the episode before this. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. If not, then it's in the episode before that. That's if you want to hear it. That's if you want to give it a try. If you uh, keep following inspiration, I can definitely... I can definitely guarantee you that you will continue to find more and more exciting ideas, more and more exciting creations, more and more imagination. There's more where that came from. I had this idea. There's something I just saw on uh, Twitter. It was a GIF, and it was a yin yang. So it was a screen. It was like a grid of all tiny little yin yangs, and each of those were spinning around. Like all at the same time, maybe, or some 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 sort of interesting. It was like while those were swirling, if you sort of blurred your eyes a little bit, you also noticed that the big grid itself was also swirling. Oh, I gotta just take time to smell that delicious winter air. Oh my god. Oh man, you smell that. You smell that winter air. If you're near a window, please get near a window. Please, please, please. I'm not going to continue until you get near a window. Get near a window, please. If you're near a window, please. Come on. Open up the window, please. Open up the window. Stick your head out there. Smell this along with me, will you please? Fresh air. Fresh air. Where are you listening to this at? Hmm? Fresh air. Give me a call. Call the hotline. Voicemail. 561-203-9179 So I imagine someone Instead of a TV They have a projector And their projection goes Up on their wall And it's just that That's all it is It's just that That swirling grid Of the yin yangs All the little yin yangs Going And maybe some sort of Binaural beat Some 432HZ Kind of binaural beat That um, resonates At optimal quality You know so while you're watching this, you're kind of hypnotized, but it kind of, it conjures up a bunch of, it's like you, it's like you're sort of making your own entertainment, so to speak, just by watching it, by looking at it. By the way, if you get a chance, check out Hellier. Whew, that would be good. That would be, that would be good for you to see that. Hellier, check it out. I'm telling you right now, you are gonna dig it. Just talk to a neighbor coming out of the door. Instead of going, hey, how's it going? From now on, I'm just going to start asking him, you know, other questions. Like, when was the last time you were abducted? And I go, how are you doing? He's like, hanging in there. But that's such an interesting response. Hanging in there. Hello. Great, how are you doing? Hi, dude. Glad you hear me well, my friend. <laughs> uh, what's the farthest you've ever driven? I'm living uh, west side uh, Los Angeles and they sent me to Santa Barbara. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the far way. And, um, you know, I've talked to some drivers before who have driven mm-hmm. all the way to... Where was it? Where did they say they went? They said they went to... Um, just, it was like out of state. It was uh, Vegas. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they went to Vegas. Yeah, for our driving. I thought that was kind of interesting because, um, so I, like, would you take a, would you take someone to Vegas? Not yet. No, you, uh, but would you though? If someone said, you know, take me to Vegas, would you, would you drive that far of a distance? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you got nothing to do, I go. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. What a great, uh, so it sounds like you're an explorer. Do you like to go on adventures? Yeah. Do you um, do you go uh, mountain climbing? Not much. I never do that, but I, I tried. You know. You've tried mountain climbing? I'm trying if I, I had to do it. Wow. Uh, I'm not do it. Do you uh, do you explore caves? No. Not that. 
Do you hike? Not much. No. No, exercise. I quit. <laughs> you I quit, quit exercise? For, yeah, I quit for everything. Do you do you enjoy driving? Yeah. That's one of my favorite right now. Though. Driving, driving. And what do you like to do in in addition to Uber? What else, what else interests do you have? Do you like to write? Do you draw? Do you do you play instruments? Well, not instrument right now. I stop it to do everything right now though. You used to make used to play? No, not play. I do soccer and I do uh, gym a lot. Oh gotcha. But not much anymore because I have a problem in my knee. Oh. And I don't wanna get trouble with that one, so did that happen from soccer? Yeah. That's why I stopped it to do it. Oh. Now have you ever done a bicycle kick? One of those crazy ones? Yeah. I've always no. over your head, over the back of your head. No. You know how they I do never do that. I, I do to, bicycle for three years, but I never do that one. That you never done the bicycle kick where you you're, uh -huh, you kick it in the goal. Man, I've always I've always admired that kind of precision and accuracy, and because there are so many things in that, you know, someone you gotta have to figure out where the heck you're gonna be kicking that into the goal. I mean, yeah, if it's behind you, I mean, God, what a crazy thing! And then and then yeah, so then. First of all, to be able to even kick it while it's coming at you, flip it upside down without breaking your neck, mm -hmm. kick it into the goal. I mean, holy cow, so yeah, many bro. circumstances. The other way, you're gonna hit your neck, right? <laughs> wow. I mean, whoever did the very first one of those was very brave. I mean, that, like, how do you practice for something like that? That's, that's, that's very intriguing to me. Yeah. How do you practice for something like that? Correct. Um, so... You've been doing soccer for a long time? Yeah, I do it a long time ago. Right now, I stopped it like a three or four years ago. Though. What was your favorite uh, position out there on the field? Well, it's uh, the middle one, defense. Defense, I like yeah. defense too. When I used to play soccer, I would always do defense. I always wanted to try to keep it out of the goal. You know, I'm like, okay, okay. You know, and I, it was such yeah, a, it was thrilling. You know, it was pretty cool to be like, all right, I'm defending this. Yeah, a long time ago, I'm not doing it though. I, Either I don't watch TV or soccer, you know. Right, right. Oh, right soccer. Yeah, I spend more time here, though. Mm hmm. Do you ever listen time. to soccer games while you're driving? No. What kind of uh, what kind of music do you usually listen to when you're driving? Uh, right now, you see, it's, it's off. <laughs> oh, so you you usually drive around without music? Yeah. Wow. Do you feel that it's kind of a meditative uh, state of mind? It's this sometimes for me is I don't have a Concentration, that's the point though. Mm. Because when you listen music, you got concentration with the music and then you forget everything. <laughs> mm. That's my thing, you know. But I know I hear some guys they're driving, listen music, they're going like this. <laughs> oh, this is the street, yes. Yeah. Um, wow, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, dancing around, being crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they make accidents like that. Not everyone's right, so you're afraid that you might get inspired to, to start dancing in your seat and playing drums on the on the. Uh, they're gonna say the, they're gonna, this guy is gonna influence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's, That's funny. Yeah. So do you watch you watch a lot of soccer when you're out of out of Uber when you're not driving? Uh, only when I go to the restaurants though. Or some who are some of your favorite teams? Well, right now. I don't have a favor, you know, because the play, how they, they're playing right now is not that real soccer. Oh. They play, play for money. Oh, this is perfect. This is good. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for the trip. My pleasure, my friend. And uh, you drive carefully, and may you have wonderful dreams of soccer. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Take care. There you go. Soccer. Here's my question to you folks. Have you ever done a bicycle kick? How many soccer players do we have listening right now? Have you ever done the bicycle kick? You know what I'm talking about, right? If so, call me. 561-203-9179 or give me your story on the voicemail, toll free. Today is December 21st. We're at the cave in Big Bear. And we're playing out here today. Uh, also, 
You can hear the guys doing a little sound check back there. Also, uh, I uploaded, posted, if you will, my new five-minute, eight-second short, five-minute, eight-second movie, c- cinema. Uh, it's a, a Christmas detective thriller sci-fi cinema. And I released that today, on the 21st, 1221, 2019. And that's up there. It's on IGTV. You could go to go to visit Inspirato Projecto on Instagram if you want. I'm on there. Visit Inspirato Projecto right now. Uh you see a still like a still picture of of the movie see a still picture of the movie and then um, I think it gives you like a minute preview and then if you want to continue watching it you gotta click something and then you can continue to see what it's all about IGTV baby IGTV and uh yeah IGTV Santanitas Santanitas that's how you pronounce that movie Santanitas or Santanitas Santanitas taste so that's up. You can check it out. See if you can solve it. We're very curious. To see if we if we sail it out tonight or not. Almost. Who knows? Who knows? We might be close. So, you might hear some interviews with some of these guys. You might hear me talking to Polly Shores. You might hear me talking to Tommy Bowie. You might hear me talking to Sailor Hawkins. You might hear me talking to Baba Bowie. You might hear me talking to Philly Ocean. You never know. It's all a possibility. Also, if you happen to come out to any of these Seattle Crew shows, please let me know. Say, hey, I I listen to Inspirato Projecto. And let me know. That would be fantastic. Because then I could interview you for the podcast. And then if you listen to the podcast, you could listen. And then you'll hear yourself on any number of platforms. We're on Spotify, TuneIn, Breaker, Stitcher, Spreaker, CastBox, Radio Public, TuneIn, Listen Notes, Chartable, Podmust, Podacy, Podtail, Podknife, Blueberry, Podbean, Spotify, iHeart. Oh, there's so many. I think there's one called RadioOnline.com. I think that's one of them. So, all over the place, baby. Contribute your audio. Do it. Uh, Send us a voicemail at the toll-free number, 561-203-9179. Or, if you want, you can text me at inspiratoprojecto.com. Inspirato Projecto at gmail.com. You can actually 
message me through that. So give it a try. Give it a try. I would say three minutes. Three minutes of audio is good. Email it in spreadoprojecto at gmail.com. You can email it there. I get great joy from playing the the soundscapes that are offered here. I love it. So please keep doing it. So I could share you with these people. All right? That's all I want to do. I just want to share your voice with the populace. Thank you. Like Columbus. No, I thought it was George Washington, too. I thought it was George Washington. <laughs> so, sometimes I throw in Salvador Dali. Like Obama. Like Salvador Dali. Like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> That's right. You'll go down in history. <laughs> like the Dalai Lama. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, it was great to come across real-life carolers out there. Real life carolers. I couldn't get the shit done, so I was sitting there going like this, trying to get the pop, and I squeezed it really hard, mm. and the whole lid completely popped off of it and it exploded in my face. <laughs> and, right? And As the boss. owner of Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, came walking in with a group of people, like an entire <laughs> tour. Of people, because we have tours coming through all the time. Like, here's a glass shop with a big surfboards, you know? Oh. All over my face. I just, like, immediately spun around to the eyewash station and put my face down. Oh. <laughs> so oh embarrassing. And all these people so were there. Yeah, you were right in front of all these my people. My boss, he's so great. He's like, you just jumped right into it. He's like, that's what's great about working in Patagonia. <laughs> we got this great eyewash station yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then I played a show like shortly after that, a few hours later. So, so was it just a whole bunch of people just watching you with all this, all this like paint on your face? I mean, yeah, you basically. Washed it off really fast. It's incredible. It's like going to Universal Studios and like seeing behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. It's incredible. Never did they realize they'd ever see the face of the person who's creating the surfboards. Yeah, all the time. All the time. We have people come through all the time. It was cool because I, when I went to the Bowery store in New York, it was like pretty much 90% of every surfboard in there I, I did. What store? And Bowery What's in that? Manhattan or in Bowery, New York. Is that a, like a... So it's, it's a section of New York. It's a section oh, of New York, yeah. It's pretty, it's more like on the southern tip, so like closer to like the World Trade Center. Oh. And almost all of the surfboards that you designed are in there? In that in, in Almost that every shop. single surfboard in there I did, yeah. Almost every single one. How long has it been there, all of your stuff? All the surfboards you created? Since I started working there. I mean, I I have surfboards all over the world. Japan, Australia, Spain, UK, Germany. All over. How many surfboards do you figure you've created? How many boards have I made, like, in my lifetime? Uh, In the thousands? I don't know. Wow. In the thousands? Probably 12,000 or more. Wow. How many times have you seen your surfboards out there in the wild? In the wild? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not much, actually. So you haven't gone to a beach and you're like, what? That dude, he's riding my surfboard. My home beach, yeah, but... 
like whatever it's it's cooler to go somewhere like new york and like this one actually also so all my favorite like art designs have come out of new york for some odd reason i don't know why it is but this other one was like my very very favorite and this girl got it in new york subvision so do you always know like the, the 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 people who get your boards? I don't know, not at all. I just she just so happened to tag FCD. I love and so it. So I saw it. No so wonder why you love it. this one. This is great, man. It's like the galaxy. These are like like comets shooting. Yeah, through. the colors remind me of. Um, God, these are great. Place. These these things are like planets here. Drawing blank on the artist. Never mind. I always do that. Oh, you're inspired by an artist? It just reminds me. I wasn't inspired at all when I oh. did it. But after I did it, I looked at it. Uh, Van Gogh, maybe? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? The colors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Van Gogh. This is my favorite. Wow. The greens and the blues, those are like my favorites. This looks like a blue eyeball or something. Mm -hmm. Whoa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the blue eyeball. Do you always, you always uh, paint the same size surfboards? No, they're all different. I wish I had taken a picture of another one that my dad shaped that was in there that I did as well. It was one of my, also one of my favorites. Kind of similar to the one that I first showed you, but blues. Um, blue and white. And it's just, it's all clear down to the tail. And it's like a tail dip, like if you dipped it in color. Only it's straight rail to rail across swirl design like that kind of like the horizontal like diagonal whatever how long does it take for you to paint one when i do these um it's not actually paint what it is is it's all resin so what it is is just the resin stains and what i do is i pick out my colors and i have a master batch of resin pour my resin into all my pigments and I mix them up and then I take a small cup kind of like this and I pour a little bit of my master batch of resin and then whatever colors I decide that I'm going to mix together and you put very small minimal amounts and then take a coffee stir stick and I stir however I want my swirl to be and then it's up to me how I pour it and you just keep pouring until you're done pouring and then you take a squeegee and you squeegee the resin off and that's the print that you get that's how it works you do it on anything you do it on wood pretty much it'll stay in anything which is kind of the next thing for me which i haven't started yet but i want to start doing art pieces because i've kind of got it down to a science like how i do it and um, i have like a 3d effect that i do as well that's kind of cool it's fun. Because it looks like a lot of that is clear, huh? What's that? Is, is a lot of that clear? There is clear on top of it, but um, that's fiberglass. and Yeah, there's there's not really any clear resin in any of that stuff that I just showed you. Most of it has a white base and a white, like, very minimal amount of white pigment. Did they tell you what to paint? No. It's all just me. Yeah. Sometimes... Uh, will have repeats where someone's like, I want this board. And then you have to try and match it, you know? Is that tricky trying to recreate that? It is tricky. Because I'm it sure when you're in the moment is, of creating it's, it, it's, it's just pure inspiration. Almost impossible. To, yeah. I mean, to, that's a, my hurricane. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, cool. That is great. It's uh, pretty wild. That one, I think, was on both sides. This one's like super wacky. And actually that board that I showed you was my favorite. I made a video of it. Oh, cool. When I, when I first did it. Wow. This is the whole video of it. And then. Wow. This is another super rad one that I did. The long board. <clears throat> These are fun. 
that one, it's, you know, you can't even tell, like, they look cool in the picture, but they're more, way more amazing in person. Pictures do not do those justice at all. Some of the nebulas are just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, nebulas for sure. <laughs> there are nebulas on here. This wow. is other one. Here, let me see. Actually, the first one that I posted. It's so here. cool. It's like like flying comets or swimmers <laughs> oh cool <laughs> yeah some upcycled art that I still haven't got to yet cause I went to buy I wanted to do this art piece of there are these pieces of cardboard that literally just had resin like falling on them on the floor mm -hmm. but it has all these colors that are like straight lines and the cardboard is a piece about the width of this table here but about like that see and it's color going this way and that way like both like crossways and just like straight lines of lots of colors Re really cool looking it's just on a piece of cardboard it's literally trash it's just drippings from laminating colors and what I want to do with it is put a frame around it and pour bar resin. So it's about like that thick of resin, so there's a lot of depth to it. And then take metal and frame it out like a casing around it, like a frame, yeah. And then the Are screws water? would go through the metal. So you could see the screws in the plastic, That's right. right? Very masculine. Can you envision that? Very, very masculine. But when I went to buy the resin, it was like, 75 bucks for a gallon and I would need like a lot of gallons of resin to like pull it off the way I want to do it so I never finished that couldn't afford it at the time or now one of these days though I mean you were talking like a $2,000 art piece I would have to sell it for like two grand you know? well, I think I could sell it for that is there a way to do it <clears throat> a way I envision it like I could I think I could sell it for that no problem can you do a, th a thinner version that just doesn't... Totally, I could try to do a thinner version. I still have, like, I actually bought the resin, and I never did anything with it. <laughs> the thing that's cool about bar resin is that you don't have to do anything with it. You just mix it and pour it. And it's clear, and it comes out smooth. You don't have to flame it. You don't have to sand it. You don't have to buff it. Nothing. It's just, it's perfect. Did your dad teach you about this stuff, or did you? How did you My learn it? My dad did get me started on it. Um, he taught me how to build surfboards, and then when I went to Patagonia, I learned a lot more. Just because um, I was working with a glasser versus my dad's a shaper, he glasses and all that too. Like I say, he taught me everything. But the guy that I work for now is a career like glasser. He's been glassing since he was like a teenager, and all he's ever done is surfboards my dad's been all over the place but anyways I learned I learned a lot from him and epoxy which is a whole other world that my dad and I taught my dad how to do the epoxy stuff which was kind of fun <laughs> like giving back to my dad <laughs> but it's uh, cool you're trading you're trading uh, knowledge yeah exactly yeah that's cool so what's the what's the deal with epoxy? What's the how does how does like that a, behave? Well, like I was saying, it's just it. I, to be honest with you, there's it's a it's a slow kicking resin. It's a very slow kicking resin. Um, polyester resin, like I was saying, the amount of hardener that you put into it. Um, if you put a small amount, it can kick very slow. If you put a lot in, it can kick very, very fast, and you have to be on your A game. Because if it, when you're laminating, if the resin kicks on you, you're screwed if you're not finished, right? Because what happens is it gels up, and you don't want you want it to be watery, you know. You don't want it to be super viscous. You want it to be very, very thin. And um, before you're done, but you want it to be kicking though. That's the other thing. Else, you want it to be kicking when you're finishing. Because you want it all to stay you know, when you're wrapping a rail of a surfboard yeah. with a fiberglass. Because the way you do it is you do a bottom and then you flip it and you do the deck. Right? 
because you want it to be kicked. The point of polyester, because it, it kicks so much faster, it's a quicker turnaround time. Like the way that we do surfboards at Patagonia is we literally do one step a day. So I could do two sides in a day, but it would take hours and hours because it takes a good two hours just for it to fully kick off. Oh. But you want to go beyond two hours. You have to wait at least four or five hours before you can really do anything with it again. Mm. So in a work day, it's not really feasible, you know. How many so, boards do you have going on at once? You must have like a whole just I, you know, a whole I'm bunch. I'm doing one at a time, but in a day, I generally do eight. I you generally work on eight surfboards. Every oh, day. yeah, and it's four bottoms and four decks. So I start four and I finish four. Before I start today, I finish tomorrow. That's how it works. It's fun. So how many surfboards do you actually have for yourself? For myself? Yeah. Not very many. I I not have very many, not very many, many right? That's that's I a good way of putting it. Not as many, not as many as drums. Because you still got to buy the material anyway, right? Even if it's your, even if you're making it. Yeah, I've been kind of fortunate on that end, but yeah, okay. but I, I I enjoy making surfboards, but not that much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For me, it's a job. <laughs> like, have you thought about making drums? Not really. <laughs> you don't like to I don't want to make anything. Yeah, I don't want to make anything. I don't want to make That's yeah. odd. I have, I like, would like to make a guitar. Like, I think I'd like to learn the art of like making guitars yeah. for sure. But there's so much to it, dude. So much more than people realize. You know, uh, yeah. it's not just like, oh, you cut the wood and then you put the strings on. It's like, no. You'd think it would be easy, huh? Yeah. My my friend actually, if I had, you know, if I didn't work all the time, I and all I did was drums, probably so. I would probably geek out on drums. I'd probably even make myself a drum kit, just for the hell of it. Because yeah. if I had that much time on my hands, but I don't foresee that ever being a reality in my life. <laughs> I just don't. And if I was to build drums, it would be me going to get a job at like DW. Which I could do right now, but I don't have any desire. Oh, so you know how to build drums? Huh? You know how to build drums? Really? I'm I'm sure I could. Yeah, I'm sure I could build my own drum kit if I wanted to. But I'm not saying that would be like the greatest drums on the planet if I It's, uh, we just played our show at the cave. We're going over to this place called Whiskey Dave's. Uh, and uh, walking past Jack in the Box, and Chaz goes, do you want to go to the, or Polly says, do you want to go to the drive-thru? And then, and then Chaz goes, the dive-thru? And then that made me think how funny would that be is if there was this thing called the dive-thru where you order your food and you go in there and you dive into the window and they give you your food and then you dive back out the window. And I just imagine these people with these huge trays full of all this, all this food in their arms. And... Uh, Diving back through the window and just go, brah, you know, all their food just, just falling over the place. The story of a guy who is so inspired and epiphanated and enthralled with and impassioned by a particular dead musician. There's a particular dead musician, let's say an Elliot Smith type of musician who, who died. And this person just loves Elliot Smith's music. He's always trying to, you know, just covering his music like crazy, just going out of open mics, covering this music. And then starting to write his own music. And then it sounds very much like Elliot Smith, as, as one might imagine, because he's a, just a huge fan of Elliot Smith. He loves his sound. So he you know, starts coming up with his own music. It sounds very close to Elliot Smith. And he is both heralded as a genius because he, he, he sounds so good and so authentic and very much like this particular dead artist. Maybe they make a lot of references to him. Like cross between uh, Nick, oh no, Nick Drake and uh, Elliot Smith.
mixed with uh, Leonard Cohen. Ooh. So mixed with, uh, let's say, Tom Waits, maybe some Warren Zevon thrown in. Ooh, Cat Stevens, Donovan, the Monkees, oh boy. All these influences. I want to say Radiohead, why not? So all these, so anyway, you could definitely tell that this guy basically is like hugely influenced by this one particular musician. Um, and what happens is he gets so entranced, so deep, deep into uh, trying to sort of recreate the sound and the spirit of, 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 of this, uh, this dead musician that in a sense he ends up accidentally, I mean, ends up channeling him, ends up tapping into him basically. And so all this music that's coming through, he finally realizes, oh my God, I'm channeling this particular musician. He's singing through me. And, you know, and now, you know, it's almost kind of like this idea, like there was this uh, movie, there was this uh, play that I had auditioned for Columbia College a long time ago when I also auditioned for Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It was called The Author's Voice. And it was about this guy who uh, has like this gremlin that lives in his closet. And the gremlin just gives him tons of ideas, tons of ideas. Uh, okay, so I'm watching Hellier. I'm watching Hellier here. Um, uh, I'm still trying to figure out these elements of Cody. Anyway, I imagine that uh, so like this like this play author the author's voice. He has this gremlin. The gremlin is writing all of this, all these extraordinary plays. So in a sense, let's say for, for the, in the sense with this, the musician is channeling this particular, you know, this, 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 this budding musician, so to speak, as one might say, is channeling their, their favorite musician and people are heralding him. Kind of like what happened with, uh, Elliot Smith with a lot of people, they, they considered what his stuff, his stuff was doing as, as Paul McCartney. Now, I don't know if that ruffled feathers or not, or, you know, I don't know. Why should anyone's feathers get ruffled over one person's assessment or, or, or compliment over another person? They don't even have to use that as an arguing point. Well, these, these people say that, but I don't agree with it. Well, all right, we don't have, you know, just let them have their opinion. You can have your opinion. And guess what? They're all equally valued. How cool is that? There's room for all of them. There doesn't have to be the reigning opinion. So, um, just, yeah, just... Uh, Just fascinating because then let's say the, 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 the musician, the dead musician is like, hey, I want, you know, I need credit. You need to start telling people that you're channeling me. And uh, the person's like, oh, I'm, I'm worried about that. I don't want to look like a weirdo or something. Or, you know, you got to tell him. You got to tell him. So who knows? There's a whole thing that's tied into that as to why he's got to give him credit or why he, who knows what the, the, the value the ghost of Elliot Smith uh, would be getting out of it. But anyway, that's that's just an idea that popped in my brain. I think it's uh, an idea worth exploring. I'm heading up to see Rise of Skywalker. Do not, do not dare give away any secrets here, folks. Do not dare. I see that my uh, Yachtly cruise ticker is still firmly placed on the back of this street sign, it is, uh, you know, uh, oh gosh, what is it called? I think it's a median, you know, the sign, it, I think it's supposed to be that it's a sign that there's a median there, and it looks like a, let's see, like a, like a semicircle, if you imagine more of like a cup shape, sort of semicircle, but like, and then there's like an arrow that weaves around it to the right, kind of like a question mark. So, yeah, that's where the Atlee Crew sticker is. So, I'm on my way up to see Rise of Skywalker. I have been thoroughly enjoying Mandalorian. I don't know if I told any of you about what I've been watching lately. I've been watching, I just finished today, actually, Hellier Season 2. If you like weird phenomena, 
cryptozoology type stuff. Bigfoot, say, you know, um, UFOs, Chupacabra, Mothman, all that kind of cool stuff. And that stuff just kind of fascinates you. Check out, and if you like documentaries too. And, 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 or if you like synchronicities, check out Hellier. Both season one and two, I believe, are on YouTube. Check them out. I think you will enjoy it. These, uh, these group of investigators, paranormal investigators, they are all very um, big into uh, adventures and research and sharing knowledge with each other and getting a kick out of each, other, each one another's uh, research. I love seeing that. Each person gets the conch, as one would say in Lord of the Flies. I've got the conch. I can talk now. I've got the conch. I've got it now. Don't you dare talk. I've got the conch and you can only talk if you're holding the conch. So everybody has the floor at some point. Everyone listens intently to what the others are talking about. And boy, oh boy, it's amazing. It's amazing because you see how these guys come together and uh, try to solve this crazy mystery about these caves. There's a massive system. If you, um, there's something called the 57th parallel. Like if you go, if you, you know, we got longitudes and latitudes. So the 57th parallel, the idea is this. There's, there's a whole system, cave system, that runs under there. And any town that is on that 57th parallel has, has uh, historically encountered paranormal, 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 ooh, paranormal. Paranomenon. Did I just invent a word or has that been out there before? Paranomenon. Freaking paranomenon. Paranomenon. That's a good one. A paranomenon. It's a phenomenon and it's a paranormal phenomenon. It's a paranomenon. Oh, there we go. A paranomenon. That's good. Wow. Wow. Huh. Phenomen normal. That could be another one. Phenomen normal. Normal. Phenomen. Paranormal. Phenomen normal. Phenomen normal. Huh. Paranomenon. Paranormal. Paranomenon. Paranormal. Those are good words right there. So. It's, it's, it's intriguing. You just got to check it out. So I was watching. Okay, so I, so I finished uh, season two, Hellier. I watched Watchmen, which was really, really awesome. I saw, um, ooh, I saw, um, what was it? What was it? Well, yeah, Watchmen. Uh, uh, Mandalorian, been watching that. Before that, it was, uh, they call it Money Heist. But really, uh, it's called La Casa de Papel. La Casa, La Casa de Papel, which I think translates to the, uh, the House of Paper. Which makes total sense because the whole, I think it's a, S- a Spanish, t- uh, like, heist kind of show, basically. And, um... It's a really good show. So, uh, yeah, I, I watched that. Oh, I've also been watching season one and two of Twin Peaks again, which then will parlay me into season three. And uh, I've just been having a lot of fun making stuff. If you check on my Instagram, I released uh, over the weekend, over the weekend, uh, Yachtly Crew was in Big Bear at the cave which I think you can hear some of it in this episode, actually. And uh, after after we played, I went over to this place called Murray's, which has karaoke all day, every day, all day, every day. And they still had the karaoke, just 
kept, kept it was just brewing. It was it just kept kept on brewing uh, at around one. It was one a.m., one thirty a.m. So I went over there after after our show, sing a little karaoke, and uh, so yeah, that's up on my uh, Instagram. If you go to Inspirato Projecto, that's up on my uh, Instagram. And what's so cool is. Um, it's all right there. I edited it. I, I had a series. I had Polly Shores ended up showing up uh, while I was there, and because uh, the other guys were over at at a different place, and so then he showed up and he ended up um, recording some of the shenanigans. And so what I did was I edited it together, and then I put it up onto IGTV, which you can see. Also. I released my Christmas detective thriller sci-fi cinema called Santanitas, a Christmas movie. You can check that out. That's also on IGTV under the same moniker. It's funny. I never, really never used that word moniker uh, under that moniker in Sprout Projecto on Instagram. So, all right. That's all for now. It's starting to drizzle. Drizz, drizzly, drizz, drizzaloo.